I invite you to turn with me in your Bibles, first of all, this morning to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Then we'll be looking at 1 Peter 3. And then finally, our text will be from Mark 10, verses 13 through 16. The first two scripture readings have a mention of baptism as they reflect upon God's redemptive work in the history of his people. And then we'll consider that when Jesus embraces the children as well. But first of all, we're going to begin with 1 Corinthians 10. This is the incident of Israel coming out of Egypt, and Paul reflects on the character of, of what God was doing and how present Christ was in the midst of all of this, and then he identifies it as a baptism. We'll read the first five verses, and then we'll turn over to 1 Peter chapter 3. But now, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 1. For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank from the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. So that's an example of baptism, how God led his people through the wilderness, and also how he delivered them through the Red Sea. Now turn with me to 1 Peter 3. And in 1 Peter 3, we're going to begin reading with verse 18. First Peter 3, verse 18, and we'll read through verse 22. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison, because they formerly, dis formerly did not obey, when God's patience waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared in which a few, that is, eight persons, were brought safely through water. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as a removal of the dirt of the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers, having been subjected to him. And here, Peter identifies the baptism as the, the flood through which God saved Noah and his family. And that baptism corresponds to that. Now turn with me as well to Mark chapter 10. Mark 10. This is the next in our series of sermons in Mark 10. In Mark 10, verses 1 through 12, we considered Jesus' teaching on uh, marriage and divorce and the blessing of marriage and the overflow of that blessing is, is in one way identified in children. And, and the next incident that Mark records is this, this relationship with children. And we're going to begin reading Mark 10, verse 13. And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them, and the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. 
Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, as we, we listen to God's word and reflect on what Jesus is teaching here, We need to recognize the significance of this event particularly. This is an event that's recorded in in all three gospel accounts. And each of them has a unique way of telling the story and bringing out some uniqueness. In Luke, it's it's a matter of identifying the children, that some of them, the word that, that Luke uses for these children, some of them would have been infants. So they're infants. Matthew tells us that Jesus lays his hands on these children and he prays for them. Mark records, what's unique in Mark as we've read it this morning, how Jesus sternly rebuked the disciples. He was indignant with them. He was angry with them. He was upset with them for hindering these children, which included infants, from coming to him. And Mark records that Jesus embraced them. Verse 16, he he took them in his arms. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? He took them in his arms. Jesus embraced these children. Previously, I've preached on Luke's account and the wonder of Jesus' blessing. This morning, I would like to consider Jesus' action. He embraces the children and blesses them. I'd like us to consider two things from our text this morning. First of all, what is Jesus doing? And secondly, what is Jesus saying? What is Jesus doing with this embrace? And what is he saying around this embrace that that is important for us to understand the place of children? But also the place of the kingdom of God. We're going to start considering what is Jesus doing? And, And we need to interpret aright God's redemptive activities. That's why we read from 1 Corinthians and 1 Peter, uh, because it reminds us that that there's things that God is doing that aren't readily uh, facts that we can recognize. In 1 Corinthians 10, for instance, it says that that Christ followed God's people and and the rock that they drank from was actually Christ, that, that God was engaged in doing something significant. And while 1 Corinthians 10 and 1 Peter 3 use the word baptism, interestingly and rightly, Mark doesn't use the word baptism. I've heard a minister who preached on this passage who disagrees with infant baptism, and he took aim at those who use this as a proof text for infant baptism, and he said there's nowhere in this account that we see Jesus baptizing these children. And he's right. We don't see that in this text. It's not there that he he actually had water and he was sprinkling it on these children. But that's the fact. But remember what Paul and Peter are teaching us, that, that we need to see something in these facts, like going through the Red Sea, like walking in the cloud, walking with the Spirit surrounding them, going through the wilderness wanderings, like Noah building an ark and being preserved through uh, 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 the flood. There's, There's scientific facts that are involved with those events, but there's spiritual realities that are found as well. 
So we need to ask, what is Jesus doing? How do we interpret this action of Jesus embracing the children and rebuking, being indignant with the disciples for hindering their coming to him? To help us understand this account, we need to recognize, again, what we read in 1 Corinthians and in 1 Peter. Paul and Peter refer to God's use of water in judgment. That Pharaoh and his armies were going to be judged because of their disobedience. That the world was going to be judged. And these instances of the flood and the Red Sea display that in the midst of God's judgment, there is a covenant blessing of believing in God and belonging to His covenant of grace. In the midst of God's judgment, there's the blessing of believing in God and belonging to His covenant of grace. It's those two ideas that I would like us to consider this morning. Believing and belonging. And both are necessary to, to rightly understand what Jesus is doing and what Jesus is saying. Now let's start with this blessing of belonging. What does it mean to belong to the covenant of grace? The blessing. The blessing that we see in belonging to the covenant of grace is reflected in, in why Jesus is indignant with His disciples, why He's upset, and, and how warmly and wonderfully He embraces these children and holds them close to His breast as He takes them to Himself. The blessing of belonging to the covenant of grace is this blessing of access to Jesus. Because covenant of grace is just not some document that exists somewhere, some sort of spiritual form. It's a reflection of Jesus as the head of the covenant of grace. That He is the reflection. He is the fullness of the covenant of grace. He is the display of God's relationship with sinners. He is the embodiment of God's saving grace. There's a blessing in belonging. It was outside of God's covenant that the Egyptians at the Red Sea and the whole world perished under judgment. It was the blessings of God's covenant protection and His, His favor upon His people that they were allowed to experience that access. But here we have to be careful. Because we know and we need to rightly understand from God's Word that not everyone who belongs, not everyone who belongs is saved. What Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, there were some who were preserved through the Red Sea, who were part of God's covenant people, who, who drank, they belonged, they were, had the privilege of the presence of Christ, of access to Christ, but with some of them, the Lord was not pleased. They still came under His judgment. Noah's family shows that. Noah was granted grace by the Lord. Noah and his children, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, were allowed into the ark. And yet, even with Ham, God was not pleased. 
But let that not detract from the real privilege of what it means to belong in God's covenant grace. God in His goodness tells us to include our children and to bring them to Jesus. That they have a part in that. To teach them the wonder of His salvation. To show them the the blessing and the certainty of His cleansing. The promise belongs to believers and their children. Nathan, please alert Alita to this as well. The privilege for your children is that they belong. They're part of God's covenant people. And they have access to Jesus. And wasn't it a blessing to sing, Jesus loves me, this I know. We belong in the covenant of grace. And what a privilege that is. And how easily we we overlook it. We, We almost take it for granted. We forget the wonder of God's ways that, that, that can't be fully comprehended, but, but in His goodness, in His, His overwhelming goodness, he, He's not only concerned with believers, He's concerned with their children. But they belong. And they have access. And they can learn this beautiful song. But we also need to recognize that there's more than just belonging. And we and our children also need to believe. The embrace of Jesus shows us the blessing of belonging. What Jesus says summons us to see the blessing of believing. So that secondly, what is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying. The kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Children. Children. You need your parents to teach you the blessing of belonging to Jesus. The blessing that these children had of access to Jesus. That Jesus loves to embrace children. That Jesus is upset with those who hold their children away from Jesus, like the disciples did. Children, you need your parents to teach you. Parents, you need to teach your children the blessing of belonging to God's people. But now I'm going to flip that just a little bit. Parents, parents, you need your children. You need your children to teach you the blessing of believing God's Word. That's what Jesus is saying. Approach His kingdom like a child listens to their parents' Word. He's saying it to His disciples. Do you see these infants that I embrace? These infants that Jesus takes to His arm? Look at them. Consider this infant that was baptized this morning. What do you know about her? Left to herself, she's going to die. Children are dependent. They're not strong enough to walk. They can't survive on their own. They need help. They need intervention. 
Jesus is saying this to his disciples. They need my intervention. They need my help. They need, they need help to survive. And sometimes that intervention is even from people like his disciples who say, oh, stay away. Jesus is too busy for you. No, 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 no. The kingdom belongs to such as these. That's what Jesus is saying. This is the blessing of believing. Just think about this for a moment. What is the blessing of children for the kingdom? What do parents have to learn from their children? Just like our children depend on us. We depend on our Father in heaven more desperately, more exhaustively, more completely. We're dependent on God and what God says. And that's so important about the Gospel. Because God says, God says that Jesus' blood cleanses from sin. Do you believe that? Anyone who has done laundry thinks differently. Blood stains. It doesn't clean. It doesn't make sense. You look at the facts. How can that be? You read through the Old Testament and you hear of all the sprinklings of blood. And my wife is the one who does the laundry in my household. And she always asks me when we read, how in the world can that be regarded as cleansing? And how do they ever get their clothes clean again? Because blood doesn't do that. But God says, now as a child, as a child, can you take that? Can you take that truth that God has said, Christ's blood cleanses from sin. Can you trust that? Unless you've been cleansed by the blood of Christ through believing in His Word, through believing in His work, unless you've been cleansed by that blood through faith, sin stains your soul. Only, only, only the blood of Christ can wash you clean. That's the beauty of the water at the baptismal fountain. That's why it's important that as a congregation, you're watching as that water is sprinkled. Because God is proclaiming to you as the certainty of His Word, do you trust the cleansing that God proclaims to you? That this flood deliverance that, that Peter is talking about isn't just about Belonging. It's the blessing of believing that Noah realized judgment was coming and God had provided a plan and a design and a grace that would preserve him and his family. And it is an appeal to God for a good conscience. When you stand before God, think of Joshua the, the high priest in the book of Zechariah and, and Satan is there accusing him. His garments are all dirty. He's a filthy sinner. His soul is, is stained with sin. What can you say? What can you say? Are you like a child dependent on His Word, like an infant feeding, nourishing, 
looking to Him for cleaning, for clothing. And you say, Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Not a very sophisticated song. It's the beautiful simplicity and wonder and blessing of salvation that's proclaimed in the Gospel. How do I know Jesus loves me? Because the Bible tells me so. This isn't just a song for our children. It's a song for us in every age of our life. It resounds with, the, as simple as it is, the greatest wisdom of God's Word. What does Jesus say we need to believe? That He, he loves me and, and the Bible tells me little ones to Him belong. They are weak. But He is strong. He's got a strength of salvation to secure the most sin-tainted and sin-destroyed heart. And, and He can restore that and He can cleanse it and He makes it clean. That's what Jesus is saying. The kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it with that childlike trust and faith in what the Father says and what the Father shows. And that's the wonder of Jesus' embrace of these children. When we look at this text, we see there isn't a baptism practiced. Let's not argue for that. But when we see that baptism is about belonging and believing in God's covenant of grace, belonging as, as part of the gift of, of the embrace of Jesus and believing in what He says, then everything that Jesus does and everything that He says in this incident correlates to the promises displayed at baptism. Parents and their children belong. You're part of this covenant people. You belong. There's a blessing in that. You belong. And the blessing of that is the, the awareness of the gospel, the access to Jesus, and the summons to faith to repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, that it's yours. And it's the community that is going to pray for you. And it's the community that's going to summon you. And the community that's going to show you what life is like, because that's what it means to belong to Jesus but it's also a summons to believe. Children, thank God for what Jesus does. He embraces you. He says, you're mine. Parents and children, thank God for what Jesus says. His kingdom is made up of people like our children who live by His Word. We all need to understand how Jesus calls us to see and believe, to listen and learn in His saving grace as members of His covenant. As members of His kingdom. Don't overlook the wonder of what God, God signifies and seals, shows and promises in the waters of baptism. It's just as precious as Jesus' embrace. Amen.